go. Let's go. I was trying to put together some numbers just for fun for this program. I feel like this is one of the first Fridays, Josh, that I've been working when we're at Riverwind in a minute. Haven't you come out here the last two times? Definitely did. Uh, definitely did last, last week. week, right? And uh, a time before that recently, because here's what I think: as if you guys care this much about my schedule, our schedule. I felt like I was in studio the week before, and we weren't here. And then I had that wedding I had to officiate that Friday, and you were here. So I'm pumped to be back, man. I love this place. They got the kind of mini little construction project they had over here at our entrance completed. Another set of nice restrooms right by the poker room. We usually set up right here in front of the chips and ales. And we're set to hang out. I have made the official request, Josh Helmer. There is something that, in the midst of counting down to the start of the college football season, I really want to have happen on this program as we welcome you into the Plank Show on a Friday, a football Friday. But give me this non-football note. Do you know who's playing here next weekend just off the top of your head, who's playing here next Friday night? Uh, I do not. Counting Crows. Counting Crows is playing here next Friday night. And they are probably, if not number one, at least in the top five of some of my favorite bands and not for a majority of their hits. I'm one of those guys with the Counting Crows, Josh. It's like, <laughs> Mr. Jones is like the worst song they've got, and it's the biggest hit they've got. But I, I started the piecing together. Now, but first of all, are you a Counting Crows guy? Or are you a fan or no? Is this going to fall on deaf ears? No, no, I like Counting Crows, sure. Okay, okay. I, about, gosh, everything is a couple of years ago. <laughs> so I'm sure it was a lot longer than a couple of years ago. But the Counting Crows came through Tulsa, and they did an event at Driller Stadium. I want to say it was like old Driller Stadium. I want to say it was like 2000 and maybe seven when they maybe even 2006 and their lead singer, which it kind of shows you what's funny about looking back on that in 2006, I believe it is when they came through their lead singer, Adam Dirtz was really was a big sports guy. Obviously they were taking a tour through minor league ballparks and he came on with pop and I, and I want to say, like we got a good thirty minutes with him, and it was awesome. And he was, and what was he wanted to? He was wanted to talk about Cal softball. <laughs> he was like all fired up. He's a big Cal Bears fan, or at least he was. And he's, at least he was fifteen, sixteen years ago. He's a big sports guy. So I've started the, I've started laying the groundwork to hopefully get Adam Dirtz on the show. Would you be down with that? Of course. Yeah, that's cool. I want to get him in studio, but I don't know what those schedules are like when they come here. Do you? I don't know if it's just in and out or if they would have time to hang. We're here next Friday. Maybe if they're going to be here, they get here Thursday night and they stay, maybe we could talk them into coming down and hanging with us, right? That'd be perfect. That'd be perfect. 
So that's my that's my numero uno goal to number one sell out that show, and number two get Adam Dirtz on the show next Friday. Do How's you, your night, man? Oh, go ahead. It, it was great. Do you plan on asking why their worst song is their biggest hit? I, I, I in fact, that's what I think I asked him. It's like I don't know. It, <laughs> I say that, and Long December is just an incredible tune. It's like Anna Begins is infinitely better than Mr. Jones. Infinitely. But, hey, I don't – I obviously don't make – hey, how are you? I obviously <laughs> don't make the charts, Josh. I don't make the charts. You know what, sidebar, quickly, one of my favorite things sometimes about being out at Riverwind or, you know, when we get to go out to, to Newcastle or whenever we're, you know, hanging on a, on a work day, if you will, is whenever you see someone you know and they wave and they're excited to see you, but then they stop and they're like, no, I'm not here. I'm not here. Just swinging by. <laughs> we just got one of those from a fairly prominent person. It's like, hey, not here. Good to see you. Um, yeah, so Adam Dirt, hopefully, and Counting Crows coming up. And, yes, Josh, that would be my first question. Do you feel like Mr. Jones is really your best song? Because I don't, Adam. Your thoughts. Take it away. Cal Golden Bear Football. Why so terrible? Adam, your thoughts. Did cutting off the uh, – they weren't braids. What did he have? Uh, did cutting off the dreadlocks add or take away from the amount of women that were going crazy about you, Adam? Your thoughts. Don't you think these would all be very important questions? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that last one's really good. Yeah, exactly. Adam, let's talk braids. Your thoughts. Okay, listen, I'm off to a – a very non-sports start to this program, so I better reel it back in rather quickly. How was your Thursday night? Did you have more high school stuff that you guys were into on Thursday? We did have uh, high school broadcasts. I wasn't uh, a part of those last night, so uh, but uh, it was a good it was a good night. What about uh, yourself? Anything exciting happen? No, but I do have a confession to make. Well, the Dodgers won their 11th straight game. And I have watched a lot more Dodger baseball than I ever have in my life. A, because, like I've told many of you, I have the, I somehow got the extra innings package this year. I don't know if I'm paying for it. I guess we'll find out on my next Trek, my next Trek TV bill. But I have, I have a confession for you real quick, Josh, and I feel like honesty is the key here on uh, the Plank Show, Plank and Josh on the ref. I couldn't do the preseason game last night, man. And I'm usually the biggest defender of preseason football. And I don't think it was necessarily the game or the matchup. I mean, I don't know, man. It's like, what am I, what am I doing here? What am I – do I care about the backup quarterback battle in Philadelphia or Cleveland? And is that even really truly the backup quarterback battle in Cleveland? Or is that the third guy that's going to make the roster? And, oh, by the way, a backup quarterback battle in Philly, both of those guys in Tanner McKee and Marcus Mariota are making the roster. Then I see Trey Sermon. I'm like, okay, well, there's there's a reason to watch. Look at Trey Sermon. Oh, he fumbled. Oh, he had a ball just go off his hands, right? So, I mean, the broadcasters are always a little bit extra, like way extra. Did you watch last night? No, that was uh, okay. that was not a part of my viewing. No, I, I complete. Don't don't get me wrong. I get it, but it's just 
it's either A, got to become just an inner, because the team practices have now become where apparently all the work gets done. And I was working with my buddy Willie Colon this morning, and, I, and I've heard Big O tell this story before to Jerry Ostrowski, that I'm trying not to be your normal hayseed that's like, I don't care if it's not the starters. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to be that guy because I know that without the preseason that maybe a guy like Jerry O wouldn't have got a shot. Willie was telling me this morning that he would not probably have made the roster his first year without the preseason. So I'm I'm understanding of that, but, I mean, I have a choice, right? I have the remote in my hand so I could easily turn it, which for some reason I, I, I couldn't last night. I just uh, I made the decision in an 18-18 game, Josh, just to tap out and go to sleep while it was still on. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like I've adopted your mindset. You've turned me on this. You have constantly been somebody throughout the last you know decade, whatever we've been doing this show, that you've told me, eh, I'm not really into the preseason. If someone gets hurt, we'll talk about it. But get me real when the season begins kind of feel like that's uh i think you've turned to me on this right now josh i think i've 180 on this i'm sorry to have rubbed off on you in that fashion (laughs) and to have stolen your joy trey sermon did have uh, a touchdown he did he did but what is it that you've always had i don't want to say against but what's kind of pushed you away from the preseason and let me see if these stories match it uh it's just tough for me to get excited about something that isn't really the season itself. I mean, it's it's like NBA preseason. Does that get you juiced up? No, <laughs> not for me either. Spring training baseball? Are you are you dialed into spring training baseball? Right, but here here's my pushback, and this has always been my pushback on the NBA and on Major League Baseball. You've got 82 games in the NBA. You've got 161, 62 in Major League Baseball, you've got 17 in the NFL. So you would think just by sheer numbers, it would suck you in a little bit more. But maybe it's maybe I'm getting older. All right, let me, let me pose this thought to you. Maybe part of my lack of interest is, A, I, I mean, I'm not seeing a lot of Tampa. And really, Baker and that quarterback battle, that's, that's, you know, that's really our only quarterback battle that's going on right now, right? Kyler's hurt. Jalen's not going to play in the preseason because he's an MVP candidate and they're not going to risk anything. Not a ton of Oklahoma guys that are battling for roster spots, right? Um, Oh, thanks, man. But I, I wonder if part of it just beyond that, oh, you're the man. Thank you. Got my chair. Got a, got a, a chair that rotates even, Josh. Look out. Um, Is part of it, too, maybe just the fact that I have no faith in my football team as well? Because I feel like it's each end of the spectrum. You guys help me out on this, 405-651-3439. We're never going to spend time breaking down what actually happens in the games from the preseason because what fun is that? But just from an interest perspective, if you have incredibly high expectations, Philly, uh, help me fill it, Cincinnati, Kansas City, you're probably not going to be two in. Because you're just like, hey, when we get to the regular season, we'll be fine, as long as nobody gets hurt, even though Andy Reid plays a starter some. And then if you're on the other end, you don't 
especially this year with what could be waiting in the draft, you don't want to do anything to develop too much hope, right? So I feel like if you're on either end of those spectrums, that affects you quite a bit too. Am I reaching there? Sure. I mean, that makes sense. And, you know, there's been years past where Kansas City's great, great in the preseason, and it, does, it doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. It's uh, And they were horrible, right? So there's just – to me, there's not much you can take from it. But like you said, I, I do, I do uh, hear what you're saying on the guys win jobs in the preseason. So that, that yeah. part interests me a little bit. But I just can't. I can't. Like, I wanted – I guess I watched a little bit more than I'm giving myself credit for. But I love I love Ross Tucker. I listen to his podcast. I love Ross Tucker so much. I couldn't turn the volume down quick enough last night. And then when I'm watching the game, it's what's the highlight that you're seeing over and over and over from the Eagles-Browns game last night, Josh? Have you caught it yet? I'll tell you. The highlight that you're seeing over and over and over is Jalen Hurts catching an errant pass on third down on the sidelines. That's the highlight? <laughs> That's what we're getting? Probably tells me all I need to know. All right. Thank you for hearing me out. And I guess what? Uh, proud to be on board with you, Josh. Proud to be on board as someone who, I mean, I mean, really, it's for guys deep in the roster and it's for gamblers. Isn't that right? That's exactly right. Gamblers and, and folks that hope to make that roster, sure. There's your preseason you know, update. It, I'm sure. It, it's also about getting our first look at some rookies. So th- that part, again, is, is sort of exciting, though. You know, maybe at times you don't even see as much of those guys as you'd like. But you, you, do, you do get a first glimpse. Mm. Another thing from last night that needs to be corrected immediately. We've got to get Gunny a job to where he's available to listen to the show while it's live, Josh. This whole getting, uh, I I, I should just give Gunny my phone number. Getting direct messages at 9 o'clock, correcting something that was wrong at 10 a.m. It's not helping me out. Like, for instance, yesterday when I couldn't come up with Steve Carell's character in Anchorman, I got a a message from Gunny last night at 9 p.m. that said, Brick Tamland. Like, Gunny, I appreciate it. You're one of my favorite dudes. I could, it's like the Happy Gilmore line. Where were you on that one? I could have used that 12 hours earlier. So let's work Brick on that. Brick killed a man. Let's, let's, Brick killed a man. He's like, we should probably, should probably look into sending you off for a while until this blows over. All right, it's 9-18 on a Friday. Welcome to the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Coming up, more from camp. Uh, Kind of a quiet couple of days from OU camp. I've heard some conflicting messages about something that we've identified through various, what's the best way to put it, avenues as a concern for Oklahoma. Others are like, oh, no, it's stronger than ever. They feel great about it. We'll play the what side are you on next. 
Your text, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Or we can go old school. Pick up the phone and call us, 405-329-9000. That's the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. That's where we are on a Friday with the Plank Show on the ref. I will back here to the Plank Show. Oh, wait, hold on. Are you getting to participate in the Steel Man 60th birthday lunch? Are you hanging here on the show? Uh, I mean, I would imagine I'm hanging here on the show. Okay. I would say, if you get that, what kind of grub are we bringing in? Do we know yet? Uh, well, I don't please know. Please tell me this wasn't a surprise, right? He knows, doesn't he? I didn't just blow the surprise, did I? Uh, I think he knows, yeah. Please tell me I didn't just blow the surprise. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine you did, but uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully you didn't. Still, man, I'm sorry if I ruined a surprise lunch for you, but I just feel like there's been a handful of emails and texts, and I'm pretty sure I saw your name on them. But if I didn't, um, enjoy your surprise birthday lunch. I mean, there's no way that this is a surprise, Josh. You can't leave me hanging like this. Let's uh, let's hope not, and uh, I, I will have some grub, though. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I get to just dip out and go hang. Hey Connor, go in there and listen to Plank rant and rave about something. I, well, I want to be go. here. I, I want to be here. Okay. All right. Fair. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, let me pose something to you. Thursday. I think I've talked about this a lot on the show. Thursday is usually my podcast catch-up day, not the condiment catch-up, but just to catch up on some things. I'll listen to a lot of the Sooner podcast, catch up on all the things. And I don't then want to spend my Friday parroting everything that they say. But there was one angle that kind of caught me by surprise. What have been two areas that we have consistently brought up as concern areas so far in camp? One, tight end, right? Tight end. There is, I don't want to say concerns. I I feel like everyone feels pretty good about where Austin Stogner is, but it's, oh, good. Okay, stealing you. Thank you. I feel better. I was worried I'd ruin some sort of surprise party. (sighs) Quick, deep exhale. So, Josh, tight end. What's been the comment about Austin Stogner? Uh, he looks okay. Not not like Braden Willis, but he looks good out there. It's just we need someone else to step up. Maybe it's a matter of guys getting healthier, but it's a matter of someone else stepping up, number one. Number two, there hasn't been much hand-wringing over the receiver position. There has been. I mean, unless I'm missing Have you heard any concern over the running backs? No, uh, it's been very, very positive about the running backs. In, in fact, uh, Hicks impressing and the other guys that we think are going to look good, I think for the most part, look have good. looked good. Hey, is, is, is Dylan Smothers still on the team? Was that a rumor that was making the rounds that was BS or not? Do you know off the top of your head? Have you heard anything about that? It's it's my understanding that, yes, he's he's back, he's on the team. I mean, okay. okay. There had been rumors that – Went as far as he had flown back home, but uh, it's my understanding that, yes, he's here. I missed that drama. All right. You don't hear much concern about the receiver position. From everything that we've we've learned about Andrell Anthony, it seems as if he's really glowing 
in this offense. Gavin Freeman's been a name. The consistency of Jalil Farouk and Drake Stoops. I mean, it just it seems as if it hasn't really been an area of concern, right? It's been tight end, and it's been offensive line. And I don't know if you want to include the tackles in this. I think it's more been the interior of the offensive line. And I think, as Teddy put it, there's a lot of third and short situations where the, the defense has been dominant. But, I mean, I know we're in a point and we're at a place right now in Camp News to where – you don't really truly know, I don't want to say what's real and what isn't, but where certain things are coming from and where they're not. It's like, for instance, whenever Teddy talks about something with the defense, I feel like he'll always kind of couch it with, but, you know, I'm not you know, I'm not there. I, I, I see it. I know what it's supposed to look like, but maybe it's a different call. But when, you know, and Gabe the same way with the offensive line, but when, when those two guys are kind of saying, ugh, I don't know. That seems a little bit concerning with what we've seen from the interior of the offensive line, Josh. That, to me, is a place that I go where I'm like, all right, that makes that makes a lot of sense that maybe there's more issues. But I'm listening yesterday, and there's someone that's just glowing about the play on the interior of the offensive line and the offensive line in general and how they're talking about that it's it seems to be a strength right now in everything that's going on. So – is maybe there a bit of an unfair, what's the best way to put this, scale because of how well the defensive line is played where maybe you look at that interior of the, the offensive line and you give them a little bit of a pass because of how well Oklahoma's been in the interior of the D-line, or is maybe that's just somebody that heard one or two things and is just going with it? I don't know. What well, say you? Well, how about this? How about good days versus bad days? I mean, it could be as simple as somebody's at one uh, one scrimmage or one set of practices and things don't go all that great or what they, the feedback they get from a set of practices wasn't great. Now all of a sudden you get a little bit further down the road and or along the way you had a good practice. Right. In other words, you see them at their worst and suddenly you're like, oof, this might be a problem. But yet on a consistent day-in, day-out basis, it might not be as bad as what maybe some people think. Let's hope, right? I mean, that's that's what uh, we need. Or that they're progressing, again, as we uh, go along here. But uh, probably there, there's reasons to have at least some, some caution that, okay, this is a group that needs to continue to – Acclimate needs to continue to elevate. Mm-hmm. Acclimates and continues to elevate. And that's what you need. That's what you need. You need them to continue to get better. I'll tell you what, man, I'm fascinated to see where we go on this offensive line as a whole. But I'll add this. Andrew Rame's got to be that dude, right? This is that year where he... He's got to be a level better than he's been before. And not to say that he's played poorly, staying healthy is part of that, but he's got to be better than he's been before, Josh. And if he is, I think he's got a chance to play in the league. I really do. You go back last year, as crazy as it sounds to some, you look at those way-too-early mock drafts. Last year, Luke Easterling had him as a second-round pick. 
and not a lot of centers get drafted, and he's been a center for a while. Maybe they see him somewhere else in the next at the next level. I don't know. Maybe he could be a guard. But I feel like that's the key to the interior of that defensive line. And maybe it's a couple bad days that a handful of people have seen, and maybe the coaches overall. I mean, Bill Beatonbow was incredibly optimistic whenever he was talking about him. Now, he wasn't as, as quick to set the starting lineup, right? No. as He wasn't as quick to start uh, set the starting lineup as, as Coach Levy was, but he seemed to be pretty happy with where they are, too. Yeah, which is obviously that that's nice to hear. And we'll see what the final – Final situation looks like at left guard, and and uh, if Bird is far enough along there, Rame, I think you nailed it. That's as big a piece of the puzzle for Oklahoma as any on the interior. Mm-hmm. If if he if he gets to where the expectation has been really for two years for him to reach, then all of a sudden mm-hmm. Oklahoma is going to be in a really pretty good place. McCade Matoyer is very very experienced. You've added Shaver. You've added Everett. Uh, so there, there's options for Oklahoma, but uh, obviously they need somebody experienced in Rame and probably the same for Matalier to to get better, right? You know, this novel idea for those right. guys to improve. So where do you stand then right now? Would you say that maybe not as bad as has been laid out, give credit to the defensive line, or would you say that you'll go ahead with all the information we've gathered, and I don't want necessarily conflicting reports, but, you know, one thing in what the coaches and a handful of the players are saying and another thing and people that have watched and are viewing it are like, oof. Do we, can we say that it's somewhere in between or, or is it like what the 918 just sent in where it's a lot of coach speak and a lot of coach talk that's building it up? Or just uh, in general, it's coach talk, right, to where it's it's good and bad, <laughs> right? And I tend to think that probably that's the most accurate, that uh, it's not super consistent with that group right now, which, you know, that's the, the number one trait you can have, right? If uh, at any position group is just, hey, we know what we're going to get. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for me, that's probably where it's at, where there's there's some really good moments, some really good days. But uh, it's not consistently there right now. So, in closing, yeah, I mean, I think they need to get better and improve. I agree. All right, so that's where we stand in, I guess you could say, in somewhat of those conflicting reports. We know they've got enough dudes, right? And I don't know what their confidence level is in all those guys, including a couple of transfers who are vying for time and vying for snaps. But a little little conflicting kind of take from one angle and then a different perspective from another angle on how that old line seems to be coming together. We'll take a break. We'll let the best of the Knippemeyer Chevrolet text line off to a fast start, 405-651-3439. We're at Riverwind Casino on a Friday. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Yeah, I've... uh this a couple of times on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Loco Ohio writes, how about our OU women's soccer team last night? What a way to open the season. I, yesterday it talked about how they had struggled scoring in the exhibitions that they played. Ho-hum, six-zip. We've reached out to uh, our buddy Patrick Dunn. We're hoping to hear from Coach Mott later on in the program. In the meantime, it's a plank show on the ref. 
Uh, that is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Do you want to you wanna plan kicking off hour number two with the stories from high school football scrimmages last night, including Williams Winery and wearing some OU gloves <laughs> and maybe kind of rekindling that fire, if you will? Let's do just that. Yeah, pencil it in, 10 o'clock. <laughs> and there is a lot of confusion on that Missouri NIL law. But I think it, it needs to be made very clear. Uh, they, like Missouri, the University of Missouri can't facilitate it. But you can start making money as a Missouri high school player if you commit to an in-state school. So I would assume that would also include, I don't even know if St. Louis U has a football team, but I would assume that it would also include like Missouri State or Drury that would be, or yeah, Drury that would be in that mix too, right? It's not just Missouri, but Missouri's the biggest football program in the state of Missouri, so they would figure to benefit the most, right? Yes, I, I, I think that's reasonable to say, yes. But have you seen it? Are you as perplexed as I am by some of the different stories on this bill and what apparently it represents? Yeah, it's – do you have the language of the bill in front of you where it – Oh, I've, I've got it here in front of me. But it's also – it's also one of those situations where it's like, okay, how and why – is this any different than what some other school, other states have right now? Because you have NIL, which is already in a position that high school players can get paid in Texas. I guess this is different because it specifically, it makes it where you can only be eligible for it if you commit to a Missouri school, right? I think that's the unique nature in this. And it's just I've, I've seen so many different explanations of it, Josh. I'm confused. The Missouri collectives, I guess, can get involved, whereas, you know, otherwise that, that wouldn't be the case. Exactly. Now, then also in this new Missouri law, I don't think that it could then be as open for collectives as the new Oklahoma law is. Because basically with the new Oklahoma law, the collectives can work with the university like hand in hand. I don't know how that could be. Well, none of it's like technically legal under the NCAA, which is why the NCAA is trying to say, hey, we're going to uh, fight against all of these laws and we're going to be the the overriding authority on all of it. I guess that's why. The bill includes a definition of institutional marketing associate and defines a unique identifier for marketing or promotional uh, purposes. Boy, that is some fancy language for saying someone who's going to come to your school and play a sport. Quote, amazing opportunity for student athletes in the state of Missouri. Man, it's pretty sharp. Boy, we are we are finding ways to dance around just setting up some sort of national rule whenever it comes to NIL, aren't we, Josh? We are definitely doing everything but coming together to have one set law slash rule for college football whenever it comes to NIL or college athletics in general. Do we need some sort of federal law on this? 
if you start getting to the point, and, and I've been told that this is something that's not necessarily new, but it's also, also it was something where like Tennessee had had a, I guess, plan similar to this at one time. By the way, we saw all of Tennessee's plans go. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on, man. I, I find myself to think I have a good handle on that, and then suddenly it implodes. But we'll we'll talk. I'm, that all started with a Williams and Ari conversation. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on in the program. Uh, this is good off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I was talking about ruining a surprise, and since it's a Friday, I feel like we can get a little bit away from sports. Guy writes, I call that getting brooked, named after my oldest daughter. We all went to watch the last Avengers movie. After the movie, we sit around and wait for the inevitable teaser that they show after the credits. A few people started to shuffle in for the next showing. As we were getting up, my daughter looks at me and says, I can't believe Iron Man died. I'm not sure how to describe the horror on the early birds' faces coming in for the next movie. Shouldn't have there been there that soon. In, there was a guy in Tulsa. You know who you are. Who, whenever the it wasn't even the most recent Star Wars, and he listens, he spoiled what happened to Han Solo, and thought it was funny. As far as spoiler alerts are, and it was the night of the premiere, Josh. As far as spoiler alerts are concerned, I think that's a little bit much in my world. The night of the debut, the night of the release, to be like, oh, and so Han Solo gets killed. Do you remember Solo too? Do you remember back in the day when the the Harry Potter books were coming out, you know, one by one every so often, you know, every couple of years or whatever? And it was, I mean, Mm -hmm. it was at that point like Harry Potter mania, right? And Mm -hmm. book six came out and there were reports that somebody was going to, uh, like across the country, people were going to these, uh, you know, people were waiting in line to buy these books and spoiling major details, uh, plot points from the book. (laughs) Just, like, yelling it out, like, running across the line. Snape kills Dumbledore. Snape kills Dumbledore. It's like, oh, oh, man. (laughs) you got to be a pretty rotten person. It's it's everything, man. They want to spoil everything. Uh, (laughs) Realtor Chris, spoiler alert, he was dead the entire time. I, I haven't seen The Sixth Sense. I've never seen that movie. Now I don't feel like I can watch it. Spoiler alert, Wally World's closed when they get there. Yeah, maybe I should just start giving spoiler alerts to things that people don't care about. Spoiler alert, Clark doesn't get his bonus but still ends up getting more money. Uh, Derek, Iron Man dies? WTF? But as we know in the Marvel Universe, Josh, no one is truly dead. There is always a way to resurrect them in some way, shape, or form. Though I don't know if you would want to risk going back to that moment. I mean, let's face it. Let's face it. It was almost the end of civilization as we truly know it. Thank God for a hero like Iron Man. Uh, Here's a good question off the super secret textoso line. How does Winari get those gloves? I'm assuming he had to pay for the gloves and shoes? I don't know. I don't know what the amount of gifts she got to said it was from the visit so oh okay that's a smart first question hey nice gloves where'd you get them got it on the visit there's a certain amount of money that you can spend on a dude when they're in town i just don't know what that number is on an official visit yeah 
there's a certain amount. Like you can spend about on a meal and yeah, you know, evening out and things of that nature. But yeah, I. That's a fair question. Yeah, I, I know, I know he got him on his visit, but it's. I guess you can just hand out all the gear you want, right? But I, I've always understood there's a, there's a cap on that. You want a couple spoiler alerts from the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, please. Spoiler alert: Dak throws a bunch of interceptions again. It's from Nate. <laughs> uh, True sooner, right? Spoiler alert: Texas is overrated again. And then there's this from Sleepy Sooner. Spoiler alert: The football player never got adopted. <laughs> My gosh. Or so we think, bro. I I fell into the rabbit hole on that story yesterday afternoon. I am way, way, way too overeducated on the or visas. I get what Tui family brawl that's currently taking place, and apparently the Tui family had been waiting on this for years. This was something that they knew was coming, based on the way the relationship had soured over the last four years. Spoiler alert: the football player never got adopted. For the 405, thanks, I didn't know that about Han. Now I feel terrible. But that is going back. Isn't that almost like nine years ago when that came out, Josh? Yeah, we we should be in the clear on a lot of these uh, movies uh, that we've spoiled this morning, I think. Mm, I feel bad. All right, listen, we'll recap what we learned, or at least what's out there from last night's scrimmages. Um, I've... I haven't had a chance to talk to Coach Beller or, or even check in with what's going on uh, up in Union, but apparently everyone came out healthy. We've heard from the next, I guess, great recruiter for Oklahoma. Kevin Sperry talked last night after the Carl Albert scrimmage, so we'll get to a bunch of that coming up at 10 a.m. We're live from Riverwind Casino on a Friday, hanging out with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. You're, in, uh, you're tuned in to the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. I guess thanks to my concerns that I had spoiled Steelman's birthday lunch, which come to find out I didn't, we have set up a laundry list of spoiler alerts on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Spoiler alert, Chubbs dies and Bob Barker beats up Happy Gilmore. I still feel like, though, that doesn't necessarily tell the whole story of the movie. I still feel like you can watch it and it won't ruin the whole movie if that's the spoiler alert from Cruton Therapist on Twitter. <laughs> what a name. Spoiler alert. Mangino just annihilated a Shoney's breakfast buffet. Have you had Shoney's breakfast buffet, Josh Helmer? Have never had Shoney's. <gasps> Bro. Pretty I'm good. I'm going to tell you right now. Shoney's, well, okay. Let, is it good? I haven't eaten there in probably 30 years. But the childhood memories of Shoney's, I'm here to tell you right now, were heavenly, especially for breakfast. Ah, Shoney's. They have one in Branson, though. Never, No one will ever go with me the few times that we've been to, we've been to Branson. Let's go to Shoney's. <laughs> you know it's going to be one of those things, too, whenever I go, it's not going to match the excitement that I had as a little kid, right? So what, uh, I mean, what is it like? Kind of like a Golden Corral. But for breakfast? I mean, it's, well, for everything. I mean, it moves straight from breakfast to lunch to dinner. It's everything you could possibly want. It's Shoney's, baby. It's Shoney's. It's a little bit of heaven. Uh, Spoiler alert, the Matrix goes for nine hours, and then there's a truce. (laughs) Is that what happens? 
Never seen any of the Matrixes either. All right, old Yeller dying is where uh, where I uh, is where I kind of pull the plug. All right, we're good here. I don't need to worry anymore about it getting too negative. Now the true sooner has ruined. <laughs> now the true sooner has ruined the end of old Yeller. Wait, hold on. CJ in Midwest City reports that there is a Shoney's in Henrietta. Oh, Josh, I feel a show road trip coming up. A Shoney's for brunch, a remote. Listen. Listen. Our salespeople, our staff, get us to Shoney's for a 9 to noon in Henrietta. One more from the skis. Spoiler alert. The party moves to the moon tower. Let's get back on track. Appreciate you all taking us down the spoiler alert road. When we come back, Josh Helmer, let's talk about what we learned last night and how much we're reading into the buzz slash, I don't know, can we say smoke? Around all the Williams and Airy stuff. Was it a matter of him just being in Oklahoma and kind of playing up to the the media that was there could that door still be open because if there is one major takeaway from last night and i guess maybe the overall feeling from the lee summit north team scrimmage against union up in tulsa was that it's not over at least from the Oklahoma side in pursuing Williams uh, Winery. And we'll dive into it next, coming up right here on the home of the Sooner fans, the ref live from Riverwind Casino. <laughs> 